Welcome to the Equestrian Author Spotlight Podcast, a podcast featuring interviews with equestrian authors who love all things horses and writing about them. In each episode, you'll hear inspirational stories from horse book authors, including writing advice and marketing tips to help you write your very own horse book. If you're an author, aspire to be an author, or simply love horse books, then you are in the right place. I'm your host, Carly Cade, and creative writing makes my spurs jingle. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Equestrian Author Spotlight Show. Today, I am so excited to have fellow equine author Autumn Murray on the show. Hi, Autumn. Hi, Carly. Thanks for having me. So happy to have you here. And uh, just to give you a little bit of background on Autumn, I'm going to go ahead and read her bio and then we'll get into the fun stuff, which is the questions. Autumn Murray began writing for fun at the age of six and has been writing professionally part-time for the past seven years. Growing up on a small, ruggedly landscaped island has given Autumn the perfect setting in which to place the lives of her characters. She's been riding since age five and has a very cheeky mare who keeps her on her toes. <laughs> her debut novel, Circlet of Orchids, tells her own love story of meeting the man and horse of her dreams. They both inspire her to write with their love, devotion, and memorable moments. That is so sweet. <laughs> and a fellow romance author, which makes me very excited to talk about today. Me too. So I think the best way to start, I love the picture. For those of you not watching us on YouTube, she's got a fantastic picture of horses right over her shoulder there. It <laughs> uh, looks great. So I think a perfect way to start getting into this conversation is, you know, talking about how you fell in love with horses. Tell us about your involvement with horses. Well, I hadn't really been around horses at all until I was five. Um, my parents took me for a trail ride out in the desert, actually, in the States. And um, we basically went in the ring, you know, and my legs probably went halfway down the saddle, if that. <laughs> and they put me on this probably about 15 hand quarter horse gelding that was just like a push button, lovely old gelding. And uh, went around the ring and they went around the trail. And of course, the cowboy was ponying me, obviously. <laughs> and I had all the gear on and everything. And then after a while, I said, Can you unhook me? I just want to try steering by myself. So he did. And I went, and I'd never seen a horse or been near a horse in my life. I went galloping off with this gelding. At five years old? Oh my goodness. Yeah, away from the group. And there was, uh, where we were in the desert, it was in California, there was a fault line. So I went and I jumped the fault line. Wow. Then did like a sliding stop, turned him around, jumped it again, and galloped back to the group, did another sliding stop. And he laughed. And he said, oh, good one to my parents, right? Like, good one, you know. Um, like they knew you could ride and Yeah, and like, oh, how long off. has she been in lessons for kind of thing? And like, right. how is she competing in all these different sort of disciplines? Um, and they were like, no, she has never ridden before at all. So he said, okay, well, you need to enroll your, your kid in lessons. Like, you need to get your kid riding because she obviously was born just knowing how. Mm -hmm. um and then since then I've done some ancestry stuff and figured out that my heritage comes from a long line of people who've worked with horses and so it makes sense you know oh, yeah. a lot of Irish and Scottish uh, farmers most of my lineage is that so um it just makes sense and it kind of it kind of re reaffirms for me that um I'm meant to be doing this you know meant to be riding which is nice because as we all have experienced, I'm sure, <laughs> there are times in our lives where our loved ones um, challenge whether this hobby is worth it, right? Mm -hmm. For financial reasons and time and um, even injury. <laughs> We've all been there, right? Mm -hmm. um, so it's really nice to remind ourselves why we do this and why we, you know, spend all this energy, time, money, and risk our health at times for these amazing animals that we love so much. I mean, there's just nothing like them. There, there is nothing like them. So I completely yeah. agree with you. So basically, you were you were born with uh, with the equestrian bug. You had it in your blood, and you and you took it on, and you <laughs> rode that. You jumped that fault line, and that's pretty incredible stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I am impressed. So please tell me, uh, your parents had you in a helmet. <laughs> I think oh so yeah, oh yeah, they had the whole gear on. 
<laughs> Some of our that listeners may was, be concerned. <laughs> that cowboy was great. Awesome. <laughs> he definitely was conscientious, but definitely surprised. <laughs> well, th- and that's fantastic. And for it, you know, in your in your, you just mentioned you know in the states. So I'm here in Arizona. Where are we? Where am I talking to you from? Where are where are you right now? We'll say a very small island, well, relatively small island in North America. Uh, but as I say, my heritage, my background, uh, ethnically, would be from Ireland and Scotland, and then a little Polish, uh, Ukrainian. But um, I grew up, yeah, in North America. Okay, and the yeah. I, what, what is the island? Is that is, can we talk about that, or is that is that off yeah, topic? Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, it's in Canada, actually. Okay, All uh, right. the Vancouver Island. Okay, so you're from. Yeah, a- so it's super rugged. Where I live is actually super rural. There, are about uh, fifteen hundred people in my city. Oh, so everybody knows everybody else. Yeah. So do you have to <laughs> do I, right by your neighbor. <laughs> yeah, and I, I'm one of the few horse people here. Like, I'm, yeah, there are not many. Oh, wow. I'm the only person who owns a horse in the town, actually. Well, well maybe lucky, one other person. So you probably have all the local kids coming over asking if they can have riding lessons, I'm sure. <laughs> well, actually, um, we've been here for four years, and it's uh, been challenging because my mare is an hour and a half away from me. Mm. There are no places to have a horse out here. Mm. So I only get to see her every week or every two weeks. Oh, so that's it's been an adjustment. Cold. Yeah, but she's amazing. And um, yeah, tell yeah. us about your current horse. Tell us all about your your current love. Oh, well, she was uh, she was bred at a great facility, you know, great breeding farm. She's got amazing lineage. You know, she's cousins of Secretary and Seabiscuit and all that. She's actually a paint. Hey, yay! My <laughs> a favorite. registered APHA. <laughs> She's a black, uh, black Buxian Tobiano, so Ooh. smoky black Tobiano. Fancy. And for everybody listening in, I'll make sure to put a picture of, of your okay. girl in the show <laughs> notes so everybody can see your beautiful horse. And what's her name? Flirt. Flirt, which is such a cool name. I love that. <laughs> she definitely lives up to her name. And every time anyone brings a phone out, she poses. She seriously, and it shows she like gets in the zone. She's like, I'm the most beautiful pony in the world <laughs> she loves attention um but yeah she was bred um at this great place and you know really good bloodlines and was sold and then you know how these things happen kind of changed hands a few times right mm-hmm. ended up in a bad situation and she ended up becoming really dangerous um, oh. so she's going to be euthanized for that um and she'd been neglected too she was 700 pounds Oh my goodness. 15 hands. So she's 1,200 now, right? Okay. That's, pretty, that's about, that's about right. <laughs> yeah. Or 1,100 or 1,200, depending mm-hmm. on the time of year. <laughs> um, so basically, um, she was going to be euthanized um, on the Thursday, and I met her on the Monday. Mm. I was riding five horses a week for different people in my town. And one of the owners of two of them, this uh, Arab gelding that would rear on the road, and this quarter horse mare that would buck people off broke someone's arm. Um, I was riding them for her. And basically, I heard about this um, place where this woman had a bunch of horses in her backyard, in like residential area. So I went with um, a couple friends to go check them out to try to help get them homes because we knew they were really well bred. We knew that she got top of the line paints. So we went and I looked at all of them. and We kind of just tried to liaise to get them good homes and everything. And then we went to leave. I went to get in my friend's truck. And I said, what's that? It looks like a big border collie over there. <laughs> and uh, it was my mare and she was all kind of crumpled up and it was really sad. Um, and I went up to her and she bit my shin <laughs> and I just looked her in the eyes. And I mean, it's not like I'm just a bleeding heart. I met many horses, unfortunately, many horses that were on the brink of that situation. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but honestly, there was just something about her right away. Her soul. I just, it was like <clears throat> this. And I've had, you know, she's my fourth horse. Mm-hmm. But um, of all of them, she's definitely my, I don't know. It's, there's not, there aren't even words, are there? Mm. Um, yeah, so um, the vet said, no, like, this is what's happening. But it turns out that he actually was my godfather <laughs> on paper, but we hadn't really kept in touch. So I kind of said, well, you know, and he had seen what I had done with other horses. And we actually had a llama farm growing up. So he'd seen me work with llamas, horses, and dogs, like training-wise, mm-hmm. and help a lot of them get better that were dangerous, you know, mm-hmm. were difficult, um, or untrainable. So he said, okay, you have a month with this mare, and then we'll reassess. So that was a really interesting month. <laughs> <laughs> sure. uh, I definitely 
got injured quite a bit. I almost, she almost took my thumb off. Um, I, I'm sure I got multiple concussions, dislocated my shoulder, my kneecap. But within about a month, I was able to ride her around Brylis and bareback in the ring and even on the trails at some times, actually. Um, and she just showed me how enthusiastic she is uh, for mm -hmm. anything you throw at her. So we've done eventing, um, jumpers, hunters, English pleasure, Western pleasure, dressage, not, not well, but dressage. <laughs> um, some mechanical cow stuff, barrels, in barrels. Um, but I'd say her favorite and mine too is definitely Gymkhana. Oh, fun. Because she loves just having fun and going fast um, and jumper, jumpers, uh, like mm. timed, not hunters, but jumpers. Uh, so we do that and then competitive trail, we've done that. Um, and now, because like I say, I live a bit further away, um, she's kind of semi-retired, <laughs> which she loves. I'm sure. Um, and my my husband comes out and he does her feet and she just loves him. They run around the ring together. He has liberty with her and he'll run the barrel pattern with her and run over jumps with her and stuff and just brush her and give her apples and she just adores him. I think she loves him more than me. <laughs> so it's great when we can get our husbands involved with the horses too. I mean, yeah. really special because not, not all husbands, you know, like to get involved with the horses. So that that's nice to hear. Exactly. No, no, which kind of leads into the book because uh, Max, one of the two protagonists in the book, is based off my, uh, I guess I'm spoiling it, aren't I? <laughs> my current husband. <laughs> um, but yes, so Max is based off of him, and Ivy, of course, is based off of me. Um, I, it is fiction. I've changed some things, but mostly just the setting, honestly, because... Um, most of the stories and the characters <laughs> are based off of people from our lives um, that joined us on our journey from meeting when we were 17 and 18 to now. Um, so there's some pretty interesting characters in there. Um, yeah, it's quite the journey. It's quite the journey. So, so show us the cover of your book. This is Circlet of Orchids. <laughs> so this is Circlet of Orchids. It's my novel based on my own second chance love. Um, it's beautiful. Thank you. I had a lovely, um, lovely, lovely editor and cover designer help me with this in uh, England. She's wonderful. And I'm very excited. I haven't really had a lot of time to market it. So it's just sort of been really just, uh, I'm in a community of writers. So some of them read it and reviewed it and then passed on to other people and um, even, you know, family and friends. And it's been word of mouth from there. Mm -hmm. um, but I haven't really done much with it yet. Uh, but I'm considering turning into a screenplay, actually. That's exciting. Uh, Tell yeah, us a little more about, about that. Well, there's an opportunity in the springtime where I live um, for authors to actually pitch their screenplays to buyers. Mm -hmm. And I've heard um, of some positive uh, sort of results from that uh, with other authors and screenwriters. So I'm considering doing that because I've had I've heard some interest in certain uh, regards, kind of for it being turned into a film. But who knows? But it's worth a try. Um, I have I'm basically obsessed with this one uh, musical artist. Uh, she's from a Scottish island right beside where my family's from. Uh, she's amazing. She did the mu music for Brave, actually. Oh, uh, yeah. Hollywood movie Brave, yeah. Her name is Julie Fallon. Mm -hmm. um, so I've been speaking with her a bit, and I would love to bring her music into it. That would be amazing. Um, wow, so you're already thinking, like, big big about, about a screenplay. So Yeah, you never know. Right, never no. Know. No, dream big by all means. Yeah. By all means, I think for any author, the ultimate dream would be to have our books turned into movies. And you know, with all the success of like Heartland right now, I mean, we haven't had a good horse movie in a long, long time, like you know, feature films. So, so you know, there there's a lot of them, but but like you know, we need more. There need no, yeah. more in the world. So let, let's let's talk a little bit about screenwriting. So, are you going to do? the the adaptation to screen yourself or are you going to work with a screenwriter like or, or are you going to take a class on how to do that how are you going to learn how how are you planning on on doing that part of it I'm not sure yet it depends on how much spare time I have <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, which I like to spend some spare time 
riding, of course. Of course. <laughs> with of course. my horse. Um, but I think that I'll see what the with that event, that opportunity entails. If there's any interest, then I will definitely start um, writing a screenplay. And who knows? I mean, if they want to pick it up, then they would uh, work with their people too, which would be much more efficient than me trying to <laughs> do it. So who knows? But I just think the authors should really have faith in ourselves and take that leap because you never know. I mean, and like you say, I mean, there are a lot of wonderful question movies out there, mm -hmm. but there can be more. There's, it'd be nice if there were more. We've all watched them all, right? Let's be honest. We've watched them all many mm -hmm. times. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> like literally last night, I just watched Flicka on DVD. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. So good. That's a good yeah, one. Yeah. So I don't know. And I think as well, like growing up, to be honest, I only had interest in reading the Thoroughbred series as mm -hmm. far as books go. Mm -hmm. My dad would read me the Thoroughbred books every night and uh also then when I got older I would read some romance novels but I'm not personally into the steamy ones and I don't know or even super chiclet I kind of have this little niche that I like almost like Nicholas Sparks kind of style but mm -hmm. less um I don't know less ominous <laughs> tragic I guess <laughs> the mind falls somewhere kind of I don't know I think that a lot of um the questions of like it because it's very realistic and um, it's also definitely funny. There's a lot of funny moments and sort of witty banter and relatable moments with, with horse training and trying to get into the industry. Ivy, the protagonist actually, um, she tries to get into a discipline of riding that doesn't really exist where she lives, actually in mm -hmm. her whole country. Mm -hmm. um, and there are only a couple people who teach it. And so she has to move overseas to pursue it. Um, so it's really, you know, we all have had that sort of nerve wracking experience where we really want to pursue our writing passions, but there can be limitations, you know, mm -hmm. um, and it's, and choices that we have to make. So that's basically in this novel, you know, she has to make a choice. Um, and that sort of sets off a bunch of things that the reader will follow along with. Um, but yeah, there's some really, <laughs> I think entertaining, uh, horses in there too. <laughs> that we, that readers will definitely relate to for sure or relate with you know experiences dealing with those horses um and, yeah and they're based off of some of your real life horses right i mean so this is a this is a fictional story based on your love story and the horses and the people in your life which is yes. which is a really interesting take was it you know i wanted to ask was it um strange for you to write like some truth into your into your fiction novel and like how did how did you handle some of the sensitive situations? Because people are going to know that these things are about them. And like, and how was yeah. your husband about you writing about your love story? You know, I'm, I'm, yeah. how, did you, how did you start that process? I'm curious. I know. I wasn't sure how that would go. Um, I basically, he's been amazing. Amazing. Um, so I, of course, uh, had him read it as I went mm -hmm. just to make sure. And we changed some things, but um, mostly for the other people in my life, I just, changed a bunch of situations um, so that it wouldn't ever come back to, you know, them. Um, so no one would even really know. Um, but yeah, definitely <laughs> some funny moments. One of which um, I, it's really funny. Uh, one of my, one of our best friends, my husband and I, our best, one of our really good friends since we were like 17 years old, um, he actually threw some, teenage debauchery <laughs> ended up punching me in the face one night accidentally Ouch. Ouch. <laughs> so he and my uh well max's character and this is in the book uh, -huh. uh yeah this is in the novel uh where max and his friend have to carry a bloody face ivy to her dad's house <laughs> oh my and tell, and tell an angry father what <laughs> happened to his beautiful yeah. and i think maybe a little intoxicated daughter. Yes, yes exactly. Oh, goodness. Exactly. No, um, it yeah. probably wasn't funny then, but it, I'm sure in the book it is a funny scene. Oh, yeah, definitely. And so I definitely had to, um, you know, rework some things. Uh, and, well, basically, it's basically what happened, but uh, I had to show that this friend and the character in the book is a good person, as he is in real life. 
to redeem himself, his character. <laughs> he doesn't run around thing. punching women in the face. That's no, the, no, no, no. To make sure. And and of course, I'm sure you change the names of these people also. Oh, of course, and okay, descriptions. Yeah. In most cases, descriptions, but in some cases, not so much if they didn't mind. Uh, yeah, I think it's it's been really fun. It's been a really um, awesome project where there's sort of been involvement from lots of angles, lots of people, and uh, I know some of my friends have had fun reading about characters that are inspired by them but everyone is still a blend of others right no one is mm -hmm. even a character of ivy you know she has qualities in common with me in that she is a writer and an equestrian uh, she has dyslexia as well like myself which to me is really important um that's one of the reasons i actually wrote this book probably one of the main reasons it's just that i think that in life you know the challenges we have can sometimes make us believe that we're limited, but really, if we find creative ways to work around things and have and build a great support system and faith in ourselves, there's a lot more we can accomplish than we think. Um, That's beautiful. So, and and that was one of the questions I asked you. What would readers be surprised to learn about you? And and I can only imagine that that being an author with dyslexia must be awfully challenging. How did you, how did you, I mean, I think it, your message is so beautiful. Like, you know, limitations are, are just, you know, they're not, you know, you can think big, be big, grow big. I'm so proud of you overcoming this and, and taking on writing a book. And, and that's so why I wanted to have you on the show to, to showcase you because you are <clears throat> a testament that anything is possible. So can you talk a little bit about how you managed having dyslexia and getting words on the page and, and maybe explain, I'm sure everybody knows what dyslexia is, but explain what your experience, how it, how it is for you when you're trying to, to write. I think that would be yeah. really interesting to hear that story. Yeah, well, um, actually I do touch on this in the novel, mm. um, which is kind of cool. Uh, so Ivy and Max have this scene where he's surfing and they're hanging out on the beach and he tries, he grabs her notebook because she does write by hand actually, which I did. I started writing when I was about six, um, and I started writing novels. <laughs> I won't say, I wouldn't call them that really, but um, I would write sort of like Little House on the Prairie type, mm -hmm. or Anne of Green Gables type idea with a lot of horses. <laughs> mm -hmm. Of like, course, of course. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> um, and um, basically in there, I would write by hand, but, and I still have some of them. And, you know, it's pretty crazy to look at them and see it's, it's almost completely legible because of the order of the letters. So I have, I guess, I'm not really that educated on all the different types of dyslexia and the way it affects everyone. Mm -hmm. But for me, it's the classic type, I guess, where my brain, it's almost like, it feels at least like my brain is just going faster than my hand can go. Mm. Same with typing. And also on top of that, I have troubles with sequences. So mm. whether with letters or numbers or even in general, like if you do, you know, certain steps before there's like recipes and things like that or navigation <laughs> certain steps before there's steps that really have trouble with that and sometimes left and rights and all of that it's just sort of that I guess that same part of your brain I'm not an expert but um so yeah my novels would have all the letters mixed up jumbled um but typically my spelling actually would be correct just in the wrong order you know um so yeah so basically in the novel we touch on it too where uh Max grabs her novel that she's working on and it's in a notebook and he starts reading it and she's just so embarrassed you know but it's really cool to see how with the love of a supportive person like that who finds you know everything about you endearing and you know doesn't judge you for who you are and actually just loves that about you how it can help you overcome so that many things so beautiful oh my gosh I'm so touched and and I know and I and you're you're a little emotional I I'm I see that this is this is a big deal right um so that's that's just and congratulations on pushing through and getting this novel out there and writing since you're six years old and look at what what where you are now you have a you have a book out there and you know I think it's the same for all of us like we start loving writing when we're young and we start loving horses when we're young and it continues on um, yeah. as we grow into adulthood and then we start writing the books that that we want to see in the world and that we want to yeah. read which is what you which is what you did yeah so, so thank you for sharing with us about that that difficult subject and and congratulations for finding the love and the support you need and then also for having the power within yourself to to overcome that and just push through and and do what you want to do in the world that's really 
beautiful. And thank you. It's, you know, it's not a one-step process. <laughs> no, I can only imagine. I mean, so, so just touching back on that a little bit. So, so you mix up like the, you spell things correctly, but the, the sequence is a little off for you. So how yeah. do you, so when you're pulling together your novel, what, how do you manage that? Do you? Well, nowadays it's so much easier, mm -hmm. right? Because um, with technology. So now I just type mostly. Mm -hmm. um, I actually really like writing in the forest though. Mm -hmm. So I try to either take a laptop out there or handwrite in the forest and then just put it, you know, then just type it up after. So technology makes it really easy. I mean, obviously it can just, the different programs can figure out what you're trying to say, <laughs> which is really nice. Um, and I did, even though I have been um, writing professionally part-time, like I do marketing. Um, mm -hmm. And so for a lot of my clients over the last seven years, I would do writing for them. So I'm actually really good with editing. So I edited it myself, but then I also did hire an editor too, mm -hmm. um, just to make sure, you know, and the cool That's thing smart. as well is the novel set in Ireland. Mm -hmm. um, so I hired an editor who's British because I didn't want to try to just guess at certain things like different, um, you know, of course, different slang and even the mm -hmm. way certain, like certain phraseology and all of that. And mm -hmm. definitely as well, the dialogue. Mm -hmm. um, now, in the novel, Ivy is clearly Irish. However, Max, it's never said what his background is or anything. I mean, he lives in Ireland, but I actually want him to be um, American mm -hmm. who grew up in Ireland because there's a sort of juxtaposition throughout the novel. There's Ireland is one setting and then Texas is another. Oh. So I kind of wanted, and it's sort of interesting because without giving too much away, um, there, there is a cowboy involved in this book. And... He that is makes actually, my first jingle. I love cowboys. Right? <laughs> yeah, he's a roper in the, on the rodeo circuit. Yeah. So he um, is Irish, actually, but he's on the rodeo circuit in Texas. So I kind of wanted Max to be American, but had grown, you know, but then living in Ireland. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so it's kind of cool. So anyway, I guess my dialogue is mainly sort of with the um, Irish spin on most characters, but then there are American characters too. So you'll see when you're eating, there's sort of this blend of both. Um, but yeah, so I, I hired this amazing editor and she really helped me with all of that, just making sure that, but the novel is written, the narrative is from a British, almost like a British, or I shouldn't say British, but um, <laughs> Irish, I guess, uh, narrator in the sense of British words like bonnet instead of hood of a car. Or like chips, chips yeah, instead exactly. of, <laughs> chips yeah. instead of fries. fries. Yeah, <laughs> or boot instead of trunk of a car, things like that. Uh -huh. um, and some of them say I and all that. And then there's, there's one really cool character from Cork that she just has a small role that I learned, I spent probably days learning about the Cork accent and their slang. And I just love it so much that she's a really big personality, this character. And it's, it was just so much fun. It was just so much fun writing that. And um, I'm planning to go to Scotland and Ireland in the summertime with my best friend. Uh, so I'm really excited about that. And hopefully you will ride there. Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> you have to ride there. Are you kidding? Yeah. Have, you have to. And send pictures. I want to I wanna see. Oh, pictures. I will. <laughs> yeah. I'll do so like show a, them to my horse because she'll be mad. Oh, right. They always get jealous. Yes, but we'll do it. Yeah. We can do like a follow up and you can tell us about your adventures in, in, yeah, in, that would be great. in Europe. I think that would be really cool. So it sounds like, I mean, this, you talk with such passion about this book and I, I love, you know, what what you've been sharing with us about the creation of this book and I, you know, your fire is so cool and it sounds like a lot of research went into it and you did, but then there's this authentic love story that's going on and you included a cowboy, which makes me really happy <laughs> because if it becomes a movie, I want the, to see yeah. some more cowboys on the screen because they make my spurs jingle. Um, so, so, you know, this is just, this is like your passion, your passion project. And I totally hear that. And I wanted to ask, is there a message in this novel, you know, that you hope your readers will grasp, you know, to talk to us a little bit about, about that. I mean, you kind of talked a little on the edges, but like, what is the message for readers that you hope they come away with? Well, the whole point of me writing this really um, was essentially to remind myself um, and then maybe inspire others to, to, I know it sounds cheesy, but honestly, it's, I'm 36, and this is what I figured out finally. 
is there is no cheese there's no cheese here this is authentic (laughs) this is good stuff no cheese um basically I I've I guess I've worked with you know several horses and other animals where they were written off Mm -hmm. you know humans wrote them off and I also know a lot of people who have been written off by people um and I've also felt that way myself at times by people or even done it to myself or to others Mm -hmm. right so I one day I just came up with this quote um that I used for some of my question marketing and stuff but I based it off my current mare and past horses and animals I've worked with and it's uh just off the top of my head it's have faith in the troubled for underneath maybe a remarkable soul just waiting to emerge oh I love that but it's just because, I don't know, it just came to me because I really believe that if you focus, sort of like what I said about the dyslexia mm-hmm. thing, you know, mm-hmm. we're so quick to focus on behaviors or, you know, um, I don't know, negative qualities in others and animals too, even with training, right? We know you've probably, I would imagine you've done a lot of training with horses too. Mm-hmm. Um, and even with dogs or anything else. Um, I think it's really easy to just focus on the behaviors you see right in people and animals but I think that if at least I found in my training the reason I've been able to rehab so many dangerous animals or difficult Mm -hmm. possible to train animals is just because I don't look at that I just focus on the um, sort of the uniqueness and the parts of them inside that shine out because they all have that and I just focus on that and work with that right um, and I always had no, I always had an easy time, um, doing that when it came to animals, mm-hmm. but I always had a harder time with people in that way. That, make, <laughs> right? that makes sense. I think, I think we can, okay. because people talk, you know, like animals are quiet. Yeah. You can, you can see their souls. Like people talk and say things and, and emit, yeah. emit some crazy energy. So it, they yes, are, exactly. I do think they are a little more difficult than animals sometimes um so anyway continue on because i i totally agree with you there (laughs) i mean i i think that you know you kind of hear things like this but then it's not original i mean other people said this types of things but for some reason when i started writing this novel and i just i just was writing it came to me like wow this idea i have really applies to people too and to myself and it's sort of been a real journey in self-love. And I think that readers will find with the protagonist, Ivy, this whole thing is just a reminder that, you know, you have any qualities in yourself, just focus on those, you know, and be kind to yourself with everything else. And as long as you're trying to focus on self-improvement moving forward, um, get a support system and, you know, believe in yourself. And then you'll really be surprised what, you know, what you can accomplish and, how you have so many more positive qualities than you even realized, you know? Absolutely. That's what, that's what she finds out about herself in this. And, um, I feel so moved. I am so touched and and thank you for sharing that too, because like, I, I am, I agree with you. And, you know, and I think you, in your, you know, when we were doing some back and forth, um, preparing for this interview, you, you said actually that in your life, you've been drawn to animals that are a little bit, more challenging or have behavioral issues or are damaged because you, because you do see that special thing in their soul or, or underneath there. And, and you've turned these animals around and you've given them the love that maybe they were searching for, which caused them to act out. Right. And, and usually, and I think that's what we have to remember about people. It's easier to, to kind of do with animals as you can forgive them for acting out because they were maybe mistreated. But I think it's the same, the same is true for humans. A lot of times they're acting out or behaving in certain ways because of something that happened to them. So you never know what, yeah. where someone's coming from or where an animal is coming from. And I love that you look for the light. I think that is really beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, that is I just, I'm just so moved by this. Um, so another thing I wanted to ask, I mean, it's like, what, so what, what's next? Are you going to create a series from circulative orchids or are you going to move into, to another book? I mean, I, I feel really connected to you and, and what you write about right now. And I, I'm sure your readers probably do too. And so maybe they'll want to see this continue. What's up, what's up for you next? I'm really not sure. I'm kind of just going to see what happens. I have 
lots of ideas. Mm-hmm. Of course. <laughs> uh, we all do, right? Um, You're an author. You have lots of ideas. That's how oh, that works. <laughs> yeah, I have some. I have some ideas for other romance novels, or even kind of slipping toward. I guess you would say maybe sci-fi. I would say more metaphysical, kind of um, more to do with souls and hmm. all that with romance novels. Um, but I'd love to hear what my fans, if I, if I have fans, what they would like, because I'm open to lots of uh, possibilities. Um, and I'd love to sort of start a community. I haven't had a lot of time to dedicate toward this, so I just really have my Goodreads page. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry about that. But <laughs> Goodreads is actually wonderful. Um, and I think it's a really good way to engage. I've actually had people ask me questions on there already. I know. Um, I looked and through and those. And you, you have a yeah. lot of engagement on your Goodreads page, which is really cool. Do you do anything special to generate that sort of engagement or is that just organic? I should probably do more. <laughs> like I say, I haven't put really much time into it. At first I did some marketing, mm-hmm. but then I haven't. I've just been busy. But um, I think just through connecting with other authors, they have mm-hmm. been so incredible. Even like you, even authors in the same, like a competing you know, feel like the same genre and everything. It's amazing how supportive we are of each other. And and, and I love that. We have to be like, you know, that's why I'm doing this podcast. I want our community to unite and lift each other up. And and we, we are not each other's competition. We are, you know, each other's network. You know, I'm learning so much just from having this interview with you. And And when I was starting out, I learned so much from other horse book authors too. And I think we were all there to, to help each other. And and that's awesome to hear because uh, that's that's how I think it should be as other authors helping other authors and spreading the word. And when right? you when you reached yeah. out to me, I was so happy to work with you. I was like, yay, another horse book author, you yeah. know, because because uh, I just interviewed Candace Carabas, who writes the Dream Horse Mystery Series the other day, and she said, you know, yes, we may write about romance and horses, but if you gave each one of us individually as authors a different, uh, the same exact prompt every single story would be completely different. Absolutely. So, yeah. So it may have similar themes, but we all write from a different place. Like I, you know, what you were expressing, writing from the soul and, and those sort of things like that is authentic to you and your writing. You know, I have, I have other things, you know, I have things that I, I put into my writing. So, so everything is, it's like a similar genre, but every story is different. Right. Yeah, so exactly. That's the cool thing. And then, so someone who loves your book, might like my book because we both write, you know, romance. That's not the Fabio, like (laughs) crazy, overly, overtly sexual sort of thing. No. Yeah. Um, You know, and, and they had, and there's a healthy dose of horses and you learn lessons from the leading characters in both of our books. So, um, so it's it's important to to come together and support each other. Um, So another thing I want to ask you is you've decided to write under a pen name, and I am curious to hear the story behind how you chose to write under a pen name and and why, right? You wrote your own love version of your love story that's fictional, so I'm surprised (laughs) you didn't put your own name on there, so you chose a pen name. Tell us a little bit about why you use a pen name and, and where it came from. Well, uh, it came from my grandma. Uh, her surname is Marie, mm-hmm. and she couldn't be more Scottish <laughs> and Irish, but mostly Scottish. Um, so she actually loved writing, and she raised five kids, um, mm. and they were farmers. Uh, and she didn't have a lot of time, though, right, for writing, so she would write as a hobby. But her mom, my great-grandmother, um, she actually wrote and was... I'm told, there's no way to know now because this was pre-internet, but I'm told through the family that she was uh, a national award-winning author. So So if that's true. It's in your genes, just like the horse. (laughs) Possibly, possibly. Um, So yeah, so I picked her surname because I really wanted to honor her and that that line, my ancestral line, I just feel so connected to it. Um, You know, we have four grandparents essentially and I feel connected to all of those, but something I just feel like, I don't know. I just feel like I have so much of their DNA in me. Mm-hmm. I always felt that way. And um, so I don't know. I just wanted to kind of honor that and also remind myself too. Um, they're really strong women and they faced a lot of uh, challenges with just bravery and compassion and, and 
sort of making smart choices and um, persevering and determination. <laughs> a lot of determination. I guess the word, it's in the novel. I'm kind of obsessed with this word, but the word is gumption. Mm. And I just love that word so much. Uh, and that is what, I guess when I see that name, I have two tattoos as well, like a Scottish thistle, which is the you national must have, flag of Scotland. You must have read my mind because I was just going to ask you to talk about your tattoos because I've noticed that. Oh. So for those of you that are not watching us on YouTube, Autumn, ha Autumn has these really cool tattoos on her. Do you have one on your Arm. forearm. Yeah, and, my forearms, yeah. Yes, tell us about, tell us about those tattoos. It, it, so it kind so, of blends with this story, right? <laughs> yeah, so one is a Scottish thistle. So that's the National Flower of Scotland uh, with a Celtic knot. And then the other one is, of course, a, you know, four-leaf clover. <laughs> um, but then on my ribs, I actually have um, a tattoo of my mare. It was from a picture of her when she's trying to buck me off. <laughs> oh, it's so cool. I'm not going to ask you to pull up your shirt and show us your ribs. No. <laughs> but you can describe it for sure. Yeah. So I sent the photo of my mare in that moment with her, you know, that special face that mares make, right? Oh, yes. In yes. that moment. Oh, yes. yeah. So I sent it to the tattoo artist and I said, hey, could you recreate this face? So it's, <laughs> so it's a very, it's a very wild and majestic looking horse face um, mm -hmm. with her mane all flowing and actually feathers in her mane because the Celtic, so the island, one of my family is from three islands in Scotland, and the Druids were, were said to have originated from there. And I guess this is historically accurate, but they would put feathers in their hair and their horses' hair and all that. So she has that, and then I have Celtic vines um, with Celtic knots all around her, as, as if it were a rosette, you know, when a horse wins a race. That is awesome. Um, now you're yeah, going to so send us a picture of this tattoo. <laughs> now I really want to see it. The yeah. feathers in the hair, the flowing mane, the, <laughs> the mare face, the knots, yeah. the rosette. So if, <laughs> if you can take a, an appropriate photo of this tattoo, or maybe just send Oh, yeah. It's just on my ribs. Yeah. Okay. I would, sure. love, I would love to put it in the show notes and, and show your testament to your, your horse. Flirt. Sure. Flirt. Yeah, flirt. Yeah. Flirt. That's so cool. But yeah, and then my uh, first name and my pen name, it's autumn and I guess I'm basic because autumn <laughs> my favorite season Aww. but it is when my birthday takes place um, and it's definitely always been my favorite time of year to ride you know oh, I mean, yeah. obviously the colors and the temperature being optimal but also me and my mare hate bugs I can't <laughs> tell you how many times we douse ourselves with that Mustang <laughs> fly spray oh my gosh every every time we go riding basically unless it's you know the winter time so that's why I picked that name. Um, yeah, and I don't know, I guess I just love to um, see, when I see my name or people refer to me as that, it just reminds me of why I'm doing this and who I am. I think it's important, that's why I got the tattoos, you know, just to remind myself of the gumption that I have in my lineage and where I came from and um, my love for horses. And like I say, life can be, can make it challenging to, you know, given up energy time and money and all that to our horses um so it's really nice to remember sometimes you can forget a little bit you know when you're out there mucking or mm -hmm. you know you don't have an, enough money to buy that rain sheet or what have you <laughs> that they need and you have to scramble and find a way and you kind of can go oh man you know why 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 am i doing this but then it's just good to remember that you know what i just wouldn't be a complete i really wouldn't be a complete human without horses they're a huge part of my soul and heart and I just yeah I need them you know I need them in my life I couldn't agree with you more I mean that it's that's my peaceful place and they are a part of you they're like a part of your soul so and so I love to hear you talk about that relationship to your horses and yeah it isn't always easy but it's worth it I mean just for me it's like meditative just to be taking care of them, not even necessarily yeah. riding, you know, just having them be around and, you know, that, that happy whinny when they, they yeah. see you or like a snuggle, like yesterday. Yeah. Oh my gosh, yesterday. So finally, for the first time in my horse owning life, I don't know if you know this about me, uh, my husband and I bought a horse property. So I've finally been able to bring Sissy home. So she's in the backyard. Hey. I can, I can oh. So our bond is only growing stronger having her at home. And Yesterday, I, I can see her out of my office and she was late. I, I love to get these big squishy shavings for, for her. Yeah. 
she loves <laughs> to lay down in them when they're new. I put so many shavings in her stall. So she was laying down. So I snuck out there and <laughs> laying down and I, I was like, oh, are you comfortable? And she, she just kind of was like, Ugh. like she groaned because she was so comfortable. So I, I slipped into the stall and I sat down right next to her and I cuddled up in, oh, into her neck. Mm. She put her chin on my knee and just like laid there with me for like forever. And it's like, it was like, oh, I can't get this love anywhere else in the world. I mean, it was just so special. It's such a huge beast. Like, yeah. Trust me while she's laying down and then have a snuggle with me on top of it. Holy smokes. Yeah. Like, yeah. I used to sing on the cake, so it was just like a really cool moment. Thanks for listening. <laughs> no, I love it, and I have uh, I've had a few of those with her too. I used to live on the same property as her mm -hmm. uh, many years ago, back when she was still kind of learning to trust people. Mm -hmm. And we had a moment like that right when she still wasn't trusting anyone, even to muck her paddock or feed her. Mm -hmm. uh, she would rear at them and charge them and try to bite them and stuff. So the fact that she allowed me to do that, I was same as just so touched and. You're right. There's nothing quite like that feeling. <laughs> no, there isn't. I'm so I'm so glad that you have that experience too. And it, it's I feel like we're kindred spirits here talking about yeah. our authentic love of our ponies. Um, yeah. So we're moving a little bit towards the end of the question. So I wanted to talk to you a little bit more about writing and um, some some things some of your experiences as you've been through through this process. So. Um, because I could literally sit here and talk to you about horses and the soul for 76,000 hours. So we're going to have to do a TV <laughs> continued or have this, take this call offline because I'm really, I'm really liking what we're talking about. Um, <clears throat> so I was wondering, do you have any writing rituals or routines that get you in the moods for when you're, when you're writing? Tell us a little bit about. Oh yeah, totally. Uh, well, I, like I say, I try to write in the forest, but where I live, the climate isn't always conducive to that. Um, so what I do is replicate it at home. And it's actually in the novel too, when Ivy writes, she does things. Uh, so I put on forest sound I love on it. YouTube. And then I make my tea and I have our dog uh, right beside me. Sometimes he tries to get on my lap, but he's a German shepherd cross. So he's too big <laughs> for that, but he tries nonetheless. Uh -huh. uh, so I have him on a little couch right beside the writing, my little writing station. Yeah, and um, I found as well that, I didn't ask about this, but I just re remembered, I found that listening to podcasts mm. um, helped me so much with this novel. Mm, Every morning cool. on the way to work, I would listen yeah. to podcasts, and yeah, I found that was the most helpful thing for me, to be honest. Um, I mean, I read a lot growing up, but even with dyslexia, reading, at least for me, is really tough, so... Mm -hmm like for long periods or high volumes. Mm -hmm. uh, so I don't really read that much, as much as I think I should, as mm -hmm. much as, you know, authors are told we should be reading so much before we start writing or while we're writing as well. Mm -hmm. um, so for me, the podcast was a way that I could listen um, mm -hmm. and still get that information from other authors. And I love ones like this where it's completely real, you know, so authentic where you, you share your struggles and what you've learned. And so I'd encourage writers to find some podcasts um about writing yeah yeah I, I i completely agree with you it's a good use of your time particularly when you're commuting to work and uh, you know i i did that too when i was just starting out and that's how i learned from listening to podcasts or even uh youtube channel youtube videos on mm. you know because you, you can just listen to it in the car um i also i also do it when i'm at the gym you know like nobody likes being at the gym yeah. but when i'm on the treadmill or you know yeah. just, that's like an hour where normally you can listen to music or something, but I, I too, it's a great time to learn because you, you know, it keep, also keeps your mind off of the fact that you're actually physically exerting yourself. So. Yeah. <laughs> and not on a horse. And not on a horse, right? I'd, I'd much rather be, I'd, oh, I'd much rather be on the horse. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, but I don't listen to podcasts when I clean stalls because I like to be present with my horses and, and connected. So I don't have any, when I'm outside, with the horses, I don't, I don't use any technology, but, but that's a great recommendation. So, um, what, 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 did you have a favorite writing podcast that you would listen to? Yes. I'm trying to remember what it's called right now. Cause I published this in December last year. Um, I can, I can send it to you after. That's fine. And I can include that in the show notes. Like maybe if you have some podcasts you recommend mm -hmm. for other authors, mm -hmm. that would be a great resource for, for people. And then I can include it in the show notes. That'd be great. 
And there's a great uh, YouTube uh, channel by this author. Her name is, I think it's K.M. Wyland. Have you heard of her? I haven't. So to oh. see, this is, I'm learning something. Oh, too. man. She's great. Yeah, she has nice little short videos oh, where good. she talks about, for example, showing versus telling or, you know, point of view or what have you. She kind of picks topics that we um, have to figure out when we're learning how to write a novel. Um, and her genre is a bit different than ours, definitely. But it's kind of nice also to hear about the writing strategies of other genres. Because like mine has, there is a suspense element in a couple of sections. Um, yeah, but I really like that. I like learning about other genres. So I've listened to podcasts. I listen to some romance ones, but I also listen to a lot of different ones. Mm -hmm. um, because yeah, I won't give anything away, but in my novel, there are a couple moments where you're on the edge of your seat, definitely. And it's sort of unexpected because most romance novels, I don't know, at least of what my type sort of emotional romance novels um, don't usually have those components. And then there are definitely some, a lot of comedy uh, moments in my novel too. Um, and those are all attributed to listening to podcasts of other genres, I would say. I, and I really like that because, you know, there, I like authors who write like that that have you know it is a romance novel but there's an element of suspense there's there's some comedy because um there, things can get awfully formulaic you know like I know that yeah. some people like, like to read just stick to the formula I know what I'm going to get but I I I, pre I prefer non-formulaic having it be a little a little bit of all things you know and I think yeah. that's a really spectacular way to write and <clears throat> reading other genres only I think Im improves or learning about other genre only improves your writing for what you're doing for yours because you have other resources and some people are doing things differently like they talk about for marketing look at mm. a genre that's completely or not even a genre like a business that's completely yeah. not like Absolutely. being an author and yep. you can you know glean a lot of tips from from that sort, sort of thing too I'd love to get your perspective on this what for you has been the hardest thing about being an author and then on the flip side what is the very best thing about being an author well hmm, that's a good one i think there's probably multiple answers for those questions <laughs> but um, <laughs> I'm sure there are <laughs> i would say that i am very i can be a bit of a i like to have certainty so to me to even start and I, maybe a lot of writers identify with this or people who haven't write, written yet mm -hmm. um you know they want to but they're not sure uh i like to see the big picture of everything before i start out on anything like with my marketing business or my current job um i like to sort of have the whole picture first and know what's going to happen before i start something um so with this novel i was or in general when i write um, i kind of have that mentality so i've been working on that and it's been this doing this like getting this done doing this has really helped me a lot because mm -hmm. and I think for other authors too it's a really good thing to keep in mind is that we don't need to have we don't need to see all the pieces of the puzzle ahead of time you know and even with planning your writing you know a lot of people say we well, need an outline and I'm not discrediting that that can be helpful but I think that I was always more toward that side rather like the plotting versus the pantsing method <laughs> um, but the more I started just just writing and just letting it flow and not worrying so much about that, the more I pantsed it, the better off it was. And mm -hmm. I think that honestly, I worried at the beginning, like, what's the point of even writing this? You know, because I'm not going to have I'm not going to have the budget for marketing, and I'm not going to, you know, where I live too. There's not the opportunity to go to different author events and things like that, and you know, to showcase your book and all that type of thing. Um, so I thought, what's the point? But in doing it, I see that it's really worthwhile. And regardless of if it goes anywhere, I mean, on the one spectrum, yeah, it could be made into a movie one day. On the other hand, it could never be read by anyone else other than who read it already. And either way, I'm just so happy that it's out there. And I think that that's what, I think that that's been the hardest thing for me. It's just not, not having that assurance that it will be, you know, that something will happen with it, and, you know, and, um, just sort of trusting, almost trusting the universe in a way. <laughs> Here we I go again. No, no, no. <laughs> but it's true. It's who I, am. <laughs> I believe in that too. I totally believe in that. You got to trust in the universe and what you need will, will show up, you know, because I love yeah. how you were talking about actually the process of writing this book. It was a huge journey in self-love. 
like, you know, even if it doesn't go anywhere, look at the value you got from that. And not only that, but you wrote a book. How many people can say they wrote a book? A lot of people say, I want to write a book, but you wrote a book. And in that, that is success enough. You know what I mean? So I, I, I love that um, trusting the universe analogy. So must be my druid, my druid roots. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think, and then the best part is just really the, yeah, the self-love that comes with writing a novel, you know, like it's just, whether it be a novel or whether it be something else in your life that you accomplish, like mm -hmm. a fitness goal, like you're saying, the gym or something with your horse, you know, you get, mm -hmm. you pass your dressage level two test. I don't know. I don't know anything about dressage, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Um, any accomplishment that we have been scared of even trying and that we've, you know, accomplished, um, even if it's not perfect, like there are a few, you know, spelling errors in here still. And in my book, you know, and, and that's a huge thing too, is I never would have published anything that wasn't perfect. And I'm kind yeah. of glad part of me kicks myself for not kicks myself for not going to a um, publishing house and submitting a manuscript, because I think it probably would have been picked up. But uh, I self published because I was a bit of a control freak still back then. <laughs> um, and I'm glad that I actually left a few errors in there, because it just reminds me that just like me, you know, we are really perfect by being imperfect and just being ourselves. Oh, that's beautiful. So, and by the way, don't be so, don't be too hard on yourself for the errors that, that got through in your book because it happens to all of us. Yeah. Keep that in mind. But also there, I don't think there is one traditionally published book that I've read, read that I haven't found something right? in because it's words Thanks. and there is no software out there to capture everything. Um, there isn't anything. So we're relying yeah. on human beings still to yeah. go through these things. So, so when yeah. you, when you find that perfect manuscript that doesn't have any errors in it, you let me yeah. know, because I don't know if there is. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I know I, you know, it's important to do, to release the very best product you can, but yeah. like you, you can go easy on yourself for a couple hiccups. That yeah. Get, and then, and then you also have the opportunity as a self-published author to go back in and change that. If it really drives you crazy, you can go in there and, and fix, fix the things that you find. So, so there, yeah. there are some out there in the world that are less, less than perfect, but there were, don't be too hard on yourself. And I, and I love that. So this has been a whole experience for you and kind of letting go of the reins and which is yes. my <laughs> character in, in the range. She's got a problem with controlling everything and really and that's why it's called in the range she finally gets that she doesn't have control over anything and, and the most important thing is to live in the moment so it's like I feel like we have these common threads as we're talking yeah. I've really enjoyed getting to know you better and I'm so glad you that you were able to be on the show today Thank you. so Thanks. as we're getting to the end let people know where they can find your awesome book and learn more about you where 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 can they find you on online well, like I say so far, <laughs> just uh, Amazon. Of course, my book's available through Amazon, both the paperback, of course, and the electronic version. Um, and also Goodreads. I basically only put it on Goodreads. I don't have a Facebook or a Twitter or anything like that. I just really like Goodreads because it's a place where people can go on. They can ask me a question. Um, they can give me suggestions, too, for mm -hmm. a, new, a new novel. Uh, mm -hmm. And I really like the engagement on there. And I like that you can rate books um, and it gives you suggestions. I don't know if all the people listening have heard of Goodreads, but yeah, it gives you suggestions. You can rate your favorite books and your least favorite books, and it'll give you suggestions of what you would like to read, which I like because I don't find I have a lot of spare time. So it can just, it sort of helps me out finding what I want to read. I know I'm going to read your, your book you just mentioned because that sounds <laughs> awesome. Like I need to read that one actually. <laughs> oh, you're so cute. And and I was just going to tell you the same thing. I have circlet, circlet of orchids and I am like, so, and I, and I have, I'm backed up on books that, that I'm reading for other people that, you know, I've wanted to read. Um, so, so I am like going to dive right into circlet of orchids oh, conversation because I'm awesome. so excited, you know, and, it's, oh, good. and I, I know it's, it's been on my to read list for ages. So like you just gave me the the push to like <laughs> dive right into that book. So I can't wait to, to read your book and, and let oh, you know good. what I think. So, thank and you. thank you for, um, for checking out In the Rains too. I appreciate that. <laughs> I will. No, I'm excited. I need something. I want something to read that's similar style, you know, and yeah. it sounds like I need to hear that message you have in there. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I think I need to hear some of your messages too. So I, you know, say, and that's the coolest thing too. Even though a book is fiction, there are still things 
um, that are messages for readers that you deliver through your writing. It doesn't have to be nonfiction for people to learn something. You know, I love, I love things through story. Yeah. (laughs) So thank you, Carly. Oh my goodness. Autumn, thank you so much for, for being on the show. And I, um, you know, have some promotional opportunities down the pipe that I will totally keep you in mind for and we'll be in touch and we'll do some follow-ups and let me know when you go on that that horseback riding adventure in Europe and, and maybe we can do a follow-up about what it's like to travel as an author and get on yeah. the back of a horse in another country and and any ideas that might have inspired stories I think that you know travel for the author that could be like a cool mm-hmm. a cool follow-up interview I'd love to talk to you after that absolutely So again, thank you for the gift of your time and I appreciate you being on the show and thank you for sharing all of this beautiful information with us and and being so authentic and real and I'm sure that comes through in your writing. So I wish you the best. Have a great day. We're going to talk again soon. Thank you, you too. Bye. Bye. Take care. Thanks for joining us this week on the Equestrian Author Spotlight Podcast. I hope you enjoy these Q&A sessions with wonderful equine authors who love all things horses and writing, just like me. Visit my website, carlycadecreative.com, where you can read the show notes and make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button now. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you so much for your support. Want a free guide to secrets of horse book authors? Gallop over to carlycadecreative.com forward slash wisdom to have author advice delivered instantly to your inbox. If you are an author, who writes about horses and would like to be spotlighted, please let me know. Visit my contact page at carlycadecreative.com to fill out a request. I'd be happy to have you on the show too. Thank you for tuning in to the Equestrian Author Spotlight Podcast. See you next time. I'm your host, Carly Cade. Creative writing makes my spurs jingle. <laughs>